Can y'all believe it? The Astros are World Series champs. Once again, they took care of business against the Phillies when it looked like all hope was lost after Game 3 when uh, Lance McCullers gave up three, uh, five home runs. The Astros came back and no-hit them in Game 4 and took care of business the rest of the way. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Strohs podcast, and we're going to address this along the way. This is Billy Wagner. You're listening to Talking Strokes. This is J.D. Davis. You're listening to Talking Strokes. This is Alex Bregman. You're listening to Talking Strokes. Hey, this is Joe Musgrove, and you're listening to Talking Strokes. This is Jake Marisnik, and you're listening to Talking Strokes. All the guys that have been here for the past couple of years are excited to be here. As a player, I mean, you want to you want to be able to play on on a team of this caliber. You are listening to Talking Strohs with Eric and Brandon. My name is Eric Heisman, and you can find me at Eric Talk Strohs, and uh, you can find Brandon where at B-Ball Lawyer. You're listening to Talking Strohs with Eric and Brandon. If you love the Strohs, you gotta listen. Guys, how does it feel? How does it feel once again to be World Series champions? To be on top of the world. I mean, I know the Astros were favorites in this, but we were the bad guy. We were the ones that everybody wanted to see go down in flames. And everybody was on team Phillies. Um, Bet online did this map and they had like most, like I wouldn't say uh, 88% of America was for the Phillies. And then uh, there's only like the little area around Texas that was for the Astros, but the Astros took care of business. Yes. There was a couple ugly games, but the Astros and, um, basically limited Bryce Harper for the most part in this series and the bullpen dominated with the 0.83 ERA. And you are listening to talking Strohs. We are part of the uh, galley sports network. Go check them out for a real up-to-date up to the minute uh, analysis from writers, you know, like Richard justice and more. So go check them out at gallerysports.com. So Brandon, what was your overall thoughts about the world series? You're right, man. We were the villains. I <laughs> loved it. It was awesome. Drink it in. We we crushed Philly, crushed America's hearts. That's right. Your Houston Astros are the 2022 World Series champions. And it was beautiful. It was glorious. What I really want to know, Eric, we'll get into uh, a little bit deeper about how they became the champions, but I want to know how you spent that last out where were you watching the game uh who were you with were you with your loved ones tell me what it was like well actually i was um home by myself recovering from surgery so i was um here by myself um my uh caretakers had already uh, gone away from day but i was here watching it by myself we had to get ready for a podcast uh, the locked on astros podcast but uh yeah it was a great experience to see kyle tucker make that catch and it felt like Jose Altuve to Yuli Gurriel all over again. You you felt the same rush of adrenaline going through your body and like, okay, we did it. We did it again. And now they can't say anything about this being tainted. This is a legitimately earned World Series. This is something the Astros have been to four World Series over the past six years. They have won two of them. This is basically what you would consider a dynasty. And um, I... Are you saying that I made a prediction about the four and two record? I, I didn't you say Astros and six? Yeah, I guess yeah. I did. I went Astros and five. You had Astros and six. I got to give you props. 
let me tell you what, man. I uh, so sat yeah Saturday night, right? And I, I could have gone to the game, but I, I put a personal ban on myself. So you guys are all welcome. Brandon did not go to Game Six of the World Series. You want to know why? Because I went to all four games in 2019. We lost. I went to two games last year. We lost. And so uh, I went to Game One this year. We lost. And so I, I went and put a personal ban on myself. I'm not going to game six. I want to clinch it now. I want it to be done and over with. So I, you know what? I'm not going to the game, but I didn't want to miss out on the whole experience, Eric. So I went down, uh, I went to a local bar, I went to a local establishment with a, a bunch of other uh, fellow Astros fans. We had a blast. It was awesome. Got the whole experience uh, went crazy watching uh, the Jordan home run, getting to experience uh, celebrating with everybody, uh, rushing down the street to uh, to Minute Maid Park because I was not far and uh, just enjoyed it, soaked it all in. It was a blast. So you guys are welcome. I, I banned myself from Minute Maid on World, uh, for World Series Game 6, but we got it done. It was awesome. The Jordan home run. Man, can we can we get into it? Can we dive into how we got here? Let's um, you know, we 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 were one and one when we last spoke. So uh, how did we get to Game Six and becoming the champions? Let's let's dive into that. All right. Well, Game Three was kind of a unforgettable game. It was one of the games where uh, there's a lot of talk Ooh. about Lance McCullers um, tipping his pitches and but they basically the Phillies hit five home runs against him. Three early in the game, then it looked like Lance McCullers found his groove again. Then they, they hit two more later. And it just uh, it kind of goes back to Dusty Baker leaving Justin Verlander in too long like he did in game one. But it seemed like they had um, they he was tipping. But uh, uh, Russ Ortiz, um, after the game, said that uh, it wasn't him tipping. It was just the fact that he's a little bit predictable. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's exactly what it was. Uh, y- y- there was no verification that it was tipping. We saw some videos come out of his leg, his knee coming up a little bit higher. Uh, but there was no, uh, if you go back and look, that wasn't the case, really. Um, it, it looks like the Phillies were just sitting on his off-speed pitches, and um, and they just got the better of him. Um, you know, Lance needed, at this time of the year, you need to adjust, you need to come up with a better game plan. And uh, as nasty as Lance's stuff is, when the, when major league hitters are sitting on a, per, a certain pitch, uh, and you, you throw it over the middle of the plate, it's going to get crushed. So I think that's a little bit more what had to do with it. But uh, so game three, you know, it was depressing. Uh, all, the whole city of Houston was uh, was down in the dumps. You know, we're here goes another World Series, and then Uncle Mike steps up, brings the guys together, and uh, and says. Uh, they're not pulling their weight. The hitters aren't pulling their weight. They need right. to come together and uh, and do their job. Even if Lance is uh, not having his 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 perfect night, uh, they should have gotten deeper into the bullpen. They should have worked counts, and they didn't do. He didn't see any of that. So Mike brought everybody to get got back together, put them put them straight, and uh, we went on to win three in a row to clinch the championship. But how did we win those three? So game four, Eric, how do we win that? Well, game four started with Christian Javier. He was just really, really super good in that game. Uh, He dominated them for six innings. He did give up, um, I believe he gave up a walk or so, so it wasn't a perfect game. But it was a situation where he was unhittable and he was throwing a no-hitter. But at the same time, uh, he was at 80 or 90-something pitches. 
It's the World Series. You don't know if you need him for a possible game seven. Uh, so you definitely are not going to have him go deeper into that game. But then you had Abreu come in, and then it was, uh, wasn't it Neris? And then it was Presley. No, it was, it was Montero. Montero. Yep. Yeah, Montero and then uh, Presley. And Presley is actually the uh, second, the only person in uh, Major League history to uh, to be part of two combined no-hitters. And he also did it twice in the same season. He also did it earlier in the year when Christian Javier threw another no-hitter. But the offense scored a lot of runs in that game, and it was just off, off, uh, talk about the offense in that game. Yeah, I mean, the offense was great, man. We came up with the five runs, shut them out, five nothing, and uh, everything is back on track, right? We're 2-2, we're two, two, right. tied up. And, uh, and so we move on to game five in Philadelphia, trying to take two out of three there. And who's on the mound? The Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander, looking for that win, fighting hard. He comes back out. Uh, after the Astros, uh, you know, big double slash triple from uh, from Altuve to to start the game, Pena knocks him in. Everything's going great for the Astros. We got the Hall of Famer on the mound and f- uh, first batter, boom, Schwarbaum right. uh, ties it up. And so you know, oh, here we go again. Is Justin going to be able to hold on? He goes. He fights. He he shows what he's made of. Uh, that Castellanos at bat uh, there in the fifth to get that last out. Uh, he's fouling off everything. Uh, Justin finds a way uh, to strike him out and get his five innings for the win. The bullpen shuts him down, and the Astros go up three to two and are coming back home for game six. Yeah, and it was a great game. Uh, Pena had a home run in that game, and uh, it was off of Noah Syndergaard, and uh, he was actually the first rookie shortstop to hit a home run in the World Series, and He's How also the defense in that play, man. Yeah. And then the defense in that game, we got to give a shout out in the eighth inning to Trey Mancini coming in right. for, for a hurt Yuli. He makes that amazing play. And then Chaz, Chaz yeah. with the catch, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I saw a, uh, actually somebody made a video with the angels in the outfield and they had the, uh, they had like the angels carrying Chaz to catch that ball. But yeah, that was a very impressive. I think the expected batting average on that play was 680. So that was supposed to be a triple or double, but Chaz McCormick somehow found a way, even though he thought it was going to be a home run, he found a way to get the job done. And uh, also uh, Pena was the first uh, rookie in major league history to get a hit in all six world series games. So Pena, he was just awesome, but we got um, a lot of, we, Hey, we're going to be talking about Pena a lot tonight. I have a feeling, um, but moving on to game six, which Pena also played a big part in. Um, coming back home, up 3-2. We've seen this before, haven't we? We've seen this in 19. Uh, Houston still doesn't know whether, it, uh, you know, those NL East teams have our number. Are we going to be able to close it out? And then uh, Frommer's pitching great, does a great job. Sixth inning, again, Schwarbaum. Boom. What's going on, man? Are we going to be able to get to Zach Wheeler? Uh, Maldonado, Maldonado like stands on the plate. He's up there, gets hit. Um, Pena again, rookie. You just said it. Gets another hit. Comes through first and third one out. They bring in. Uh, they go to the bullpen. Get Wheeler out of the game. What happens, Eric? Yeah, Wheeler was uh, definitely picked up his velocity. He looked a lot better than he did in Game Two of the World Series. But they brought in Alvarado, and they he, they've done this a lot against. Um, against Alvarez in the series. And you would think that they would learn, well, 
if you keep on doing this against this guy, he's eventually going to have success against you. And he did. And so uh, Alvarado threw a pitch and um, I think they're still looking for it. No, actually somebody caught it, but it went over the batter's eye. It was 450 feet over the green batter's eye. I have eye to ask you, Eric, because I, I know you've seen um uh, just about as many Astros games as I have, if not more. Um, have you ever seen one hit up there? Uh, no, I don't think so. And I think that's the longest in World Series history, second longest. Um, Freddie Freeman last year hit a big one against the Astros, and it went 460 feet. But, yeah, this was one of the biggest ones in World Series history. And where it was, dead center field, up above that, because that, that hitter's eye is pretty tall. And so that guy that caught it, he said, no, I'm not selling it. I'm not giving it away. This He's is wearing Alvarez jersey, too. Yeah. So that was a big moment. And I think that all Astros fans were like, okay, we got this. The Astros bullpen is good enough to just shut him down. And I think that, um, that Thompson, uh, as good as he did, he overmanaged at times. And Yes, Wheeler probably was losing it. He was at 70 pitches. 70, but... man. You think he was losing it? He, he Maldonado, you know, I want, I'm not going to say leaned into it because he brought his arm. He did bring his arm back right. and he was fine, but he was standing on top of the plate. Um, it's a hit by pitch, pain you, you know, he, he, it's not like he hit 100 miles an hour. It, you know, it found a hole up the middle. Um, really, was there really a need to, uh, to it's a playoff pull stage. him? It's the playoffs, you know. Managers are he a little would get, bit. He would right. So if if Jordan right. takes him 450 center field, um, then you'll be answering why did you uh, leave Wheeler, leave Wheeler in? in exactly when you got Alvarado warming up in the bullpen. You you can't win in that situation. I think he did. I, I think he did what everybody should do. Uh, but you're right. Uh, we said this um, last week that the, the advantage was for the Astros because uh, they had shown they had. You know, by the time because the Astros had more pitching depth, and by the time we got to the end of the series, um, and the hitters have you know will have seen their bullpen enough, uh, it's going to make it's going to play a factor. You and I talked about that last Sunday, and sure enough, boom, 450 feet World Series championship. You know, Vas- Vasquez uh knocked in an extra insurance run, but it, it's really man, we got to talk about Pena. Uh, he obviously wins the ALCS uh, MVP. I mean, the uh, M- World Series MVP. But uh, Brian Abreu, man, Brian Presley, Montero, you know, he had he had to struggle that one game. But this bullpen, Neris, this bullpen was lights out throughout the playoffs. Um, I, there's just not enough to be said about how dominant they were. Uh, like you said, uh, he hits the three-run homer. It's the sixth inning, Eric. And all of Houston, I'm going to say all of the world knew it's over. It was over at that time. Yeah. And uh, looking at Brian Brayu, what he did in the World Series in four games, he pitched five innings, had two walks, one hit by pitch, and then he had nine strikeouts for a, a 0.60 whip, a 0.063 batting average against and a zero ERA. So he was on fire. You had Christian Javier, of course, with that six innings of no hit ball. He had nine strikeouts. Romer Valdez made two starts in 12 and one-thirds innings in the World Series. He had 18 strikeouts. He did have five walks, but um, that's okay. Hey, any, let me ask you right there. In your mind, 
any consideration at all to, and this is for you um, personally, any consideration for Fromber to get the MVP, the World Series MVP over Jeremy Pena? Um, yes and no. I think that uh, the pitching was going to do it anyway. I think the offense was kind of sputtering at times. So to have Jeremy Pena ignite the offense at times, great I answer. Think you needed that. So great answer. Uh, but Fromber Valdez, he shut the Phillies down especially in a, in games where they needed to after Justin Verlander kind of uh, shut, uh, gave up uh, after the, uh, he kind of struggled in five innings and the Phillies got a good uh, feeling. He shut them down the next day. Then in game six, where you had to shut them down, he shut them down. So Farmer Valdez deserves that. And Ryan Presley in five games in a world series, he had two saves. He had five strikeouts and, uh, and four innings uh, pitch. No, sorry, five and two-thirds innings pitch. He was used in, for a five-out save. This is something that Ryan Presley has not done before. So a lot of people said, well, couldn't you give the MVP to Ryan Presley? But I think with the offense sputtering like it was, you needed the uh, the uh, spark plug from Jeremy Pena. Hey, that's a fantastic point, Eric. I love it. I love that. And uh, Jeremy Pena, rookie, did actually, in fact, win – the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP only done another one other time. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was Levon Hernandez uh, for the Marlins. That was, uh, but unbelievable. We 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 needed uh, Jeremy Pena to step up. Uh, Altuve batted over 300. He finally got locked in for the World Series. It was great to have him show up. Bregman was a stud. Um, uh, Chaz had some great great at, at bats up until the last game. I believe he had a hit and a walk in all the games. Um, so everybody contributing uh, up and down the lineup. You weren't sure if you were going to get uh, anything from Jordan Alvarez. And, of course, he comes through with the big bomb yesterday. Uh, Tuck started the series off with two home runs. Uh, so everybody contributed. Um, and uh, and now, you we you know, we, we win the championship. And, Eric, we got to start talking about uh, what happens next. But before we move on and look ahead – there was some other things of note that happened this uh, last week. I believe they gave out the gold gloves. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Jeremy Pena became the first uh, um, Astros shortstop and first rookie to win the um, gold glove award. So congrats to him. And Kyle Tucker, as good as we've seen him play in the outfield this year, he actually won um, the gold glove for right field as well. So both those guys were great defenders, and we saw them play great defense in this series. So, And they're going to be here for a long time. Hopefully the Astros find a way to extend Kyle Tucker because that should be next on their to-do list after uh, doing Alvarez this past offseason. Agreed. I, I completely agree with you. Well, So you just brought it up. What's next? What are they going to do? Um, Tucker is a priority. I believe us locking him up is is going to be a priority, needs to be a priority. And that's something they got to do, um, and that's what we're going to talk about for in future, uh, all you know, off-season podcasts. We've got a lot to discuss about, you know, free agent targets and who would fit in and our, who we're bringing back. Um, but, but real quick, in, in the limited time we have left um, this week, what are the what are the decisions surrounding um, Dusty Baker, James Click, and uh, the future of Justin Verlander. I think those are the ones that are going to be immediate uh, and that need to be um, taken care of this week. So let's discuss those in the limited time we have left. Well, I think the answer to what happens with Dusty Baker and James Click was answered on August uh, 2nd 
when the uh, Wilson Contreras trade was uh, vetoed. Uh, Click thought that they needed to go out and get Contreras for the big bat, and he can play catcher. He can you could put him at DH, and they're waiting for ownership approval. And I think that from what I understand from reading everything, that uh, Crane went to Dusty Baker to ask his opinion, and uh, Dusty Baker was like, "No, I really want to keep Erkiti. He's a great pitcher, and I I don't think that Contreras would get a lot of bats here. So he's the type of player that may." complain about it. So um, Dusty Baker and James Click were, I mean, sorry, um, Jim Crane, uh, Jim Crane were kind of on one team and then you have Click on the other side. So then that's when they kind of shifted gear to go get Christian Vasquez, somebody who would be willing to be the backup. And so yeah, I was wondering about the time, um, why we would trade to two of our better uh, up and coming hitting prospects to go out and get a rental. And so that makes a little bit more sense. Why, Click, uh, you know, he probably wanted to give up the Urquidy instead of two of the two of the prospects coming up. But um, hey, we won uh, the championship and still have Urquidy. Yeah, and don't you think that the Astros wish they had Contreras in this um, as DH instead of Mancini and Diaz? And- yes, but since we won the World Championship, I'd say yeah, it worked out, and we have Urquidy. So, uh, man, looks good. I, I think the f- first phone call uh, Jim Crane said it would be to Justin Verlander. Right. I am on the Reese. I I totally am on the re-sign Justin Verlander uh, bandwagon. I think um, he needs to come back. He needs to be that guy at the top uh, to stabilize the rotation, give us a little credibility. Uh, yes, I look, guys. I know we're that de- we got depth. I know we got Fromber. We got Christian Javier, who is now a legitimate ace. We've got Lance McCullers, and then you've got Luis Garcia or Keedy Hunter Brown. The list goes on and on. There are other things you can do if you want still want to trade in the offseason. Um, but Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. He gives immediate legitimacy. He's going to win his third Cy Young. So, um, you know, it, it, it is also about team building and continuity. And uh, I, I think having that leadership at the top of the rotation is vital. And so I'm I'm all on board with re-signing Justin Verlander. I get that other people um, have other reasons. We're gonna we'll be able to talk about that more in more depth in the off season. Um, but uh, I think we should re-sign him. Uh, what just real quick? What's your opinion on Justin Verlander, Eric? Well, I think you can never underestimate the relationship that uh, Crane and Verlander have. Uh, they can get together and work out a deal. And uh, is it going to be as much as Scherzer did with the Mets? I don't think so. But um, he's definitely going to be looking for more money and at least um, maybe one more year, maybe two more years to just try to get to the, the 300 win mark or something. Yeah, you know, maybe it's going to be back up to his 33 million that he had uh, with a player option, just like he had this year for, for, uh, for 25, he can go year to year with a player option, um, ta- you know, attached to the end of it um, right. for as long as he wants. I think he's earned that right. He is now a Houston legend. Um, he's got two world series. He's got two Cy Youngs here. Um, I think the man has has earned that right. He's now established a home here. Um, he, we heard he, he and Kate are sending their kids to school here, the, the little girls to school here. They've they've become part of the community. Um, so I, I would love to see Justin Verlander come back. Um, that's just my opinion. And we're, like I said, we'll have a lot more time to talk about that in the offseason. Um, yeah. Wish we could wish we could spend more time talking about all the things we're going to be um, discussing and how we can improve and get back to winning a third World Series title. Uh, but that'll have to wait until next week. 
All right, guys, that's all we get, got for this special World Series edition of the Talking Strohs podcast. Make sure you check us out every Sunday uh, through Gallery Sports. And uh, we'll be here all offseason, and we'll be here to uh, look at the moves. Um, who's uh, going to be the next GM? Is it going to be Click? Um, is Dusty Baker sticking around? These are all questions that we'll be addressing on the Talking Strohs podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. He's Brandon Del Castillo, and we are... Talking Strohs podcast, and we'll talk to you later. Go Strohs.